This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to another episode of the Conversations Brewing Podcast with your hosts, Divya and Ravisha, two coffee-loving best friends who dive into weekly conversations on wellness, culture, and growing into your authentic self. As two healthcare professionals, children of immigrants, and humans always striving to learn more, they bring their unique complexities of their wellness journeys into this podcast space by sharing their stories and featuring other like-minded experts in the field. Always with a cup of coffee in hand, humor, and never-ending authenticity, dive in with the two of them as they brew the kind of conversations that we don't have enough of but that matter the most. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Conversations Brewing. This episode, we have another guest, and she has so much to share with all of us. She is a busy beeb, and she had so much great advice. She's such a boss, and I'm really excited for you to learn more about her. Visha, can you tell us a bit more about the guest we had? On this week, we had uh, Swetha Sridhar on the podcast, and she holds various roles, but more specifically, we talked about her being a digital creator and coach. And so we talked to Swetha how she got started with coaching and how she formed those meaningful connections. We really enjoyed this conversation with Swetha, and we hope you guys do as well. Um, Be sure to check out the show notes to find her Instagram if you want to check her out. Here's Swetha. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Conversations Brewing. Uh, today, we are having another guest on. Her name is Swetha Sridhar. Am I saying that right? Okay. Yes, that is and correct. <laughs> basically, um, the only way I can introduce Swetha is that she's a boss woman. She holds like many different um, titles and has many different roles. And so, mm-hmm. Swetha, do you want to like tell our listeners a little bit about yourself um, as we get started? Yes, absolutely. Um, thank you so much for having me on here. First of all, I'm so excited uh, to share a little bit more about my journey and my story and just some topics that I'm really passionate about. Um, I am a digital content creator, specifically a lifestyle content creator um, based out of San Francisco Bay Area, which is also where I'm originally from. Um, I'm also a product marketing manager in the financial services and technology industry. That is my full-time corporate job. I do every single day and I'm insanely passionate about And I also am a career coach, now also a social media coach as of recently. And I have my own coaching business and I'm very excited to tap into that as well. Beyond that, there's a lot of things I enjoy doing in the free time, experimenting new recipes, like finding the nearest boba spots, traveling for fun. There's just a lot of like mix and matching that I like doing across the different areas that I focus on. And yeah, I am a first generation Indian American. I went to school at the University of Texas at Austin. So hook them horns to people who who can resonate. <laughs> so I've lived in Texas and, and then I moved back, which I was not expecting. Um, and yeah, it's a, a little bit about me. I'm happy to to dive a little bit deeper into any specific areas of who I am and my story. My gosh, you do so much. I mean, I'm really excited to hear more about all of your different roles and what led you to each single one that you do. Um, I guess I, I it was funny. You brought up to, you just said to us like where we want to start. I'm curious about like where you want to start. What's something that 
maybe even like one of the roles that people don't ask you about enough. I want to give you the opportunity to highlight that first to us. So for you, what is the role that for you, maybe let's say that right now at this stage and season of life that you're in that you kind of feel is your forefront? Yeah, that's a good question. I definitely would say that I think all of the roles, although they seem very separate in terms of the topic and the nature and the pace and, you know, tie into different parts of who I am, I think there is a lot of connection and parallel between them and my approach to them and why I'm passionate about all of them. I would definitely say coaching is an area that I'd love to tap into a little bit more because I think not a lot of people see a coach who is 25 years old, living in San Francisco, coaching people who are double or triple her age and also in areas like that I've maybe never specifically experienced right like I do coach people who are applying to law school or going into areas that I've personally never had experience people like how the hell do you do that right excuse my language Mm -hmm. so I think for me it's really about like understanding like what are people's specific needs and how can that I tie that into my experience I also think a lot of my career and how I got to where I got to to your point is because of the mentors and the network and the questions I asked and the rooms I stumbled into that I wasn't invited into or I didn't mean to go into that led me to where I am, right? So I think like, I really enjoy creating a sense of community. I really enjoy helping others when I can, like even till today, no matter how many messages I get, emails I get, like I love to personally and, and intentionally take time to respond to each of them myself, no matter how big my team is growing. So that's something I'm passionate about. And um, I would say when it comes to coaching, to me, it's not just about telling someone to do XYZ, but it's also a two way conversation, really getting to know them. And also it's something that I feel like I benefit a lot from as I meet people from different walks of life. That's so interesting. When did you specifically start coaching? And then kind of what led you to start that? Yeah, it's a really good question. So it's a very funny, interesting story. I think some people are like, wait, what really that that's so random. So I, when I was a university student, University of Texas, I've always, I always knew that I was interested in like mentorship and teaching. University had these things called first year interest groups, um, where if you're a freshman, you get bucketed into kind of one of them and, and you are assigned to like a mentor for the rest of your time at the university. When I was a sophomore junior, I signed up for that program. It was actually not a program. It was like an on-campus job as a teaching assistant because I needed ways to, to, you know, pay my expenses as someone who was paying out-of-state tuition, taking a student loan. Like it was it was it was a real thing and initially I did not really enjoy it I'm gonna be honest I was like oh my god like after classes after everything else I'm doing I have to go do this but then I actually really started to like it as I started to become become friends with these students and I realized this coaching and helping people and having coffee chats and also just exploring different parts of Austin with these people who I was also mentoring and coaching every week through the university was really fun now kind of Fast forwarding to after the pandemic hit, that's when I noticed that there was a lot of people messaging me on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on different social media platforms, as I was growing my own personal brand about, oh, hey, like, I noticed you have this internship, or I noticed you had this opportunity, or I saw this, you know, it's just a lot through word of mouth, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've had people reach out to me one on one. And there was a point where I was having three to four one-on-ones with like random people around the country and world every day after my corporate job. And I was like, I don't know how, how, if I have time for this anymore. Like I was talking to each of these people for at least 30 minutes to an hour, completely voluntarily. And I was like, I I don't know if I could do this. And so I had this idea. I was like, you know, let me create a Google form and just randomly post it on my LinkedIn and be like, Hey, if you lost your job in the pandemic, or if you're looking to recruit, or if you need, you need help breaking into the product marketing space. And I've always been in marketing, like even before the current job I'm at, 
I've always been in marketing. I've always been in product marketing. I'm a huge like research data analytics nerd. So I've always been in that specific niche or area. So I, I posted like a thing, uh, like a form. And I remember literally waking up the next day and seeing that like 500 and like 72 people had filled out that Google form on LinkedIn. And I don't even, I didn't have that many LinkedIn connections. Like it was a public post that I had made. And I was like, holy shit, because I didn't have a, you know, cap on the form. And that's when it really hit me. I was like, okay, I have promised everyone who fills out this form that I would set up a phone call with them for 30 minutes. And I was like, for me to get through 572 people to talk to 572 people for 30 minutes each, I don't know how many years that would take me. <laughs> so so then wow. I was like, okay, like, what do I do? Uh, because these are people who don't have the budget to pay for a session, maybe like, you know, they just want to talk, chat, right? And, and they all have different intentions. So I hosted these Zoom, uh, like gr group um, Zoom sessions, I just said Zoom, uh, group Zoom sessions that were really, really, really um, engaging and students were able to meet each other. And I also had some one-on-one -on -one sessions. And long story short, that kind of transformed into my business of where it is today. Wow. Again, fast forward, as I grew my social media brand, I started to get questions about social media, right? The most fundamental things, like how did you monetize your Instagram? How do you leverage this feature? I feel like even though there are a lot of resources out there, surprisingly enough, they are insanely complicated. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes mm -hmm. they are just the tools themselves, but they don't, there's no guidance on how to actually use those tools and like customize it to like your specific brand or like what you're trying to do. Right. And you can be 14 years old, making $2 million a year off of social media. You can also yeah. be 50 years old doing, you know what I mean? Like, and, and you can be, it's not specific to like your race or culture, how old you are, et cetera. Right. So I started to incorporate social media coaching and I'm super excited to announce that I'm actually going to be launching a couple of courses with other creators um, next year. Um, one of the, the, the first part of one of the courses is, uh, you know, how to monetize brand partnerships. I realize this is not something that I can just benefit from coaching and like mm -hmm. teaching, but also other folks who have a lot of experience in different areas. So I hope that answers your question, yeah. but it started off with a Google form on LinkedIn and now it's a coaching business and an official LLC and something that I like run on top of my corporate job. That is so cool. And I mean, it's also that I love, I, I, even when, when you retold us that story, I, I got that sense of probably that shock you had when you woke up that morning and was like, oh my gosh, so many people filled this out. It seems like you, I mean, you really didn't know. That also showed that there are so many people who need that kind of support and need that help. And I think that is so great that you were able to offer that during the pandemic, especially a time that people were really struggling, but you've also been able to, you know, monetize it in a way that it can be supportive for you too. Like it can be beneficial for you as well. Absolutely. I think similar to many other businesses, I definitely identified a gap in mm -hmm. resources that universities, for example, were offering during the pandemic, right? Everyone became virtual. Mm -hmm. I have a younger brother who's currently a senior in college and I saw firsthand through him and other close friends what they were going through, right? It's like yeah. he was four months into his, his freshman year of college and then everything went virtual. He had no idea what he was doing and he was very confused about things and and also affected other parts of his life personally, right? So I think seeing all of that, I have the sense of empathy. And even if I knew that I didn't have the expertise, I wanted to like build this community and this system that connected people yeah. at a very affordable rate. And I think the other thing too is sometimes having a five minute conversation with someone on the phone can make such a big difference to their day, whether it's how yeah. they're feeling, whether it's giving them some kind of a, oh, aha, like that's like what I needed to go, go like that sense of motivation or just connect them with one per one other person 
like it can make such a big difference as as simple as that may sound exactly yeah I think the key thing that you just said there was like you were building a community of people that kind of were a little lost a little like needed some kind of guidance and like you kind of just like put yourself out there to be like reachable for people and I think most of the time it just seems like other people are not reachable you know it's like when you're like looking to talk to someone about advice or anything like that I think the hardest thing first is to ask for advice or like you know reach out and ask questions and the second is to like then put yourself out there about that so I do really appreciate the fact that you said that it's more of like building a community and reaching out like you may not have been an expert at first but you were like learning from the people around you yep absolutely and I think the most interesting point also, as as you may have been alluding to, is I think the, it, the thing about social media is although there is this amazing community out there, I think there is still today a lot of gatekeeping and a lot of, you know, sub communities and groups and exclusion, mm-hmm. unfortunately, just like not necessarily just on social media, but just in general, right? And so I think for someone to feel included to seek that level of support when maybe they were lacking it in other parts of their life, right? For someone who they absolutely have no idea or never met before to just voluntarily, you know, help them. I think that level of trust and creating that, that level of, I guess, connection is also what I think really helped my personal brand and helped me grow as a person too, and help my personal relationships beyond like the coaching business. I think really just like transpired in many different ways. Yeah. It seems like that altruism has been something that you were willing to be like generous with, but it's also hard. I really resonated with what you said with the gatekeeping because I do see that so much like in social media, but then also, you know, in, in, in professional life and even with relationships that it can feel very like um, it has to be me. And if I don't have it, nobody else can have it. And it seems like you really have allowed there for be there to be more seats at the table. So I guess for you, how did you, how are you inspired to do that? Because I think that this like almost um, scarcity mindset is something that a lot of people have, like, especially I've seen a lot in the South Asian community. Yeah, that's a really, really good question. I just think maintaining connections, growing connections, being authentic is so, so important and more than ever before right now, especially with mm. new technologies, the pace of technologies and like the amount of people that are on media in general. To answer your question, I think a lot of that stems from my upbringing. I grew up in a very, very privileged community, right? Like I will be very honest and I will say my specific family may have not like, especially my parents coming straight from India and just really not know what was going on. Like they were like, okay, we're gonna put you in the school because we've heard it's a great school, but we, each of my parents were working two to three jobs to make that work for me to go to the schools that I went to growing up. So one of the schools that I went to was an all girls private Catholic school. I'm not Catholic for context is a very interesting experience for sure. I was also, um, I'm also classically trained in Indian classical dance. I grew up doing Bharatanatyam and I did my R and Gatrum when I was 12 years old. For those who don't know who, what that is, it's kind of uh, like a, a graduation for lack of better words or a way for you to um, compete professionally or like to take the next level in your dance career in Indian classical dance. So I think, you know, being being a, very, a competitive dancer at a very young age, like almost a prodigy for lack of better words. I don't know if that's a good good way to phrase it. But like, I was competing at like 12, 13 years old in, in different countries with a huge team. I was in an all girls school. I was in environments where I just felt there was a lack of inclusion. And I would constantly be questioning my worth. I would constantly feel like I needed to prove myself feel like I needed to prove myself to even be in the front row during a dance performance, right? Or to even have a part or to be noticed, right? And I think 
a lot of the experiences or a lot of the way that I approach my coaching business, my platform is based off these experiences I had, right? Whether it's also the struggles I've had with body image, the struggles that I've had with maintaining relationships, all of that struggles for, from some of these activities and experiences when I was younger. So I think I, I still remember there was a day like in the middle of college where I had a specific experience in, in a group project, which is again, a, a very simple example that maybe a lot of people can relate to, where I was like, I don't want to be that person. Like, I don't want to be the person that made me feel this way or the people that made me feel this way, or the environments that made me feel this way when I was younger. And so I'm going to do everything in my power to make it the goal or the forefront of my coaching business, my platform, the work environment and my corporate job to not treat people like this and not be that person that because I know how it feels like to be on the other side, right? So I think like that was exactly what I wanted to do. So I think even till today, right? Like I think there are hard, hard conversations that need to be had. And there are times where people might not always have the best intention. And everyone makes connections or every friendship relationship is so different. But I always try to go with my gut. I always try to do my best to be honest with myself and sure that if some if I'm trusting someone else that they know that it is for a very specific reason and it took a lot of time to build that trust so again don't know if that answers your question but I think like a lot of it stems from these experiences when I was younger and how I was treated some of the environments that I was in that I would say were rather toxic and what I learned from them that makes complete sense actually because I feel like what you did is like you and you just basically summarize what you just said, but you like took your own experiences and you're like, I'm going to shift that. So other people don't experience those same kind of things, which, mm-hmm. you know, is like, I admire a lot really, because I think what you're doing so too is like, you're like building many connections with different people that like come across that you come across and like, you're giving them like your hundred percent, right. With like through your coaching and you're like, Hey, I might not be an expert in whatever you need, but like, let's figure it out together. Like I can give you whatever tools I can to like get you started somewhere. And I think that's like, Mm -hmm. uh, we don't see that a lot today. Yeah. Yeah. People can be so hard with that in terms of just like not sharing information, even like Ravisha and I have seen it. And we talk about that sometimes in the content creation community that it can feel really hard like there can only be one of you um and that you and I really appreciate with you that you kind of are like you know that you yes I may not have all the same lived experiences as you but I also am valuable in this space like you're able to see Mm -hmm. the value and I think a lot of people don't see that in themselves and that's where a lot of this like scarcity mindset stems Mm -hmm. from so how has that been for you seeing that that value and like how how do you find that because a lot of people struggle yeah that's a good question I think I think the the unfortunate part of it is I've noticed despite different parts or facets of my life, right? Like whether it's my coaching business, social media, my corporate job, I've seen this throughout. In fact, it's interesting because last week was SF San Francisco tech week. And I had a chance to speak at a panel there. And a lot of it was conversations about, you know, being the only woman in the room at a large tech corporation and some of the decision-making power and growth opportunities in your career at this age as a, as a woman of color, blah, blah, blah. And I mentioned one thing, which I think really resonated with people is I think one thing is a lack of representation and being the only woman. I think something worse than that is there being another woman in the room, but them not standing up for you or as though, you know, feeling as though they're not there, right? Or like them being the ones who are, um, you know, the, the, the one that's not being supportive, right? Or 
the, the, the lack of genuine connection there. So I think like, to your point, you know, it's definitely been hard to navigate some of that. I think the way that I have done it is really, really been intentional about the partnerships that I pursue, the clients that I take on, how, who I associate myself with. I think I just honest, right? I'm like, hey, look, if I feel like this isn't working out, maybe you have a certain way of working, maybe you have a certain way of communicating, maybe there's something you want out of this, because let's be real, right? Any partnership, any relationship, it to some degree, I believe needs to be mutually beneficial or valuable. That's the way that a lot of people view specifically business opportunities, right? Whether it's coaching, whether it's um, my corporate job, all of these different three areas, right? So I think for me, if I feel like I'm not comfortable, if not, I'm not able to be myself, if there isn't room for compromise, I, and, and if I'm able to identify that early on, great. Sometimes you're not always able to read that's not that black and white. I just kind of, you know, take a step back. And so I think at the end of the day, may, there was a point where I had to say no to a lot of partnerships and no to a lot of opportunities, which at that time, like in the beginning seemed great. But when I found out like what it involved and the process mm-hmm. and the thinking and what went behind the scenes, I'm actually very glad that I took a step back. With that being said, I'm also grateful for the moments where I did experience some of this conflict or come across people like this because I learned a lot from it. I learned that they were coming from a place of hurt or lack of trust or there's there's there, there was a reason behind it, right? It's like, I wanted to know what was going on through their head, right? So I think like it's also important to understand other people's perspectives. But I think at the end of the day, I think as humans, we are all fundamentally self-serving right that's like kind of the reality of it I think everyone comes Mm -hmm. into things being like what's in it for me right like what do I get out of it and so I think for me it's it's really important to understand that like people are looking for some kind of value and if they don't get that immediately they might respond in different ways so it's important to be able to articulate that very clearly and it's very important Mm -hmm. to also set expectations from the start because that's something I didn't do in a lot of relationships and conversations that I had across these different, you know, aspects of my life. I guess like that really almost answers the question I'm about to ask now, but like, it was, like <laughs> how did you like I think this whole thing maybe like started like your own personal growth journey as well. And like, so what did you, what have you seen like that has changed for you personally in like your own growth mm-hmm. by like, you know, figuring like figuring this stuff out? Yeah, it's a good question. I, I honestly feel like if I have the time and energy and resources, I could write a whole book about this specific question because I'm so passionate about it. But I would say if I were to summarize it into one response, I learned how to be happy by myself, right? And I know that's such a, that might be considered a very cliche response. But I think for me growing up, um, the, the most ironic thing about me in my life is I considered myself very independent from a young age, yet without realizing my emotions and success, et cetera, I felt was dependent on other people or were in the hands of other Mm. people. And I think that's something that's like a very interesting paradox about my life or like a very interesting just comment I wanted to to share. So I think what's changed is whether it's me going alone to a bookstore and reading for three hours as I did last weekend by myself, taking myself out to dinner, just doing things that make me happy, like little things by myself. I learned to truly be happy by myself. And of course, there's areas that I'm still working on. But I think it's so important in an environment where you are constantly around people, there's this constant expectation to socialize. And also by nature, my personality 
is extremely extroverted. I love helping people. I love being in every conversation. I want to be in <laughs> 10 places at the same time. I get extremely excited. Sometimes my roommate is like, okay, you like calm down. Like, like, I, like, I, like our fridge, our, our fridge and our like couch got delivered. And I was like, on t- I was like so excited. I like, you know, acted as though it was like the biggest thing that happened in the world. Right. So I think for me, it's really about like, okay, taking a step back, taking a deep breath and understanding like, what makes me happy? What keeps me going? What keeps me motivating? And when I realized that it's so much more than in what's in the hands of other people and that a lot of this control is up to me, that mindset shift is ultimately like what is, is that moment where I really felt like, okay, I, I'm growing and like, I can do this, mm-hmm. you know, because it's so easy to be like, if I don't get this opportunity or if someone says no to me, or if someone, you know, shows up sad to this, it's going to make my whole day suck. And it's going to like, it's so easy to let other people dictate the way you feel. And you don't even realize it until you look back on it. This translates into personal relationships, too. So I think like, sometimes when I like recently, when I had that aha moment, is when I realized, like, there is nothing that can stop me. And there's nothing like it's all it's all in my control. And it's, and that also helped, I think, with this sense of like anxiety, or the sense of feeling like, I need to get everything done by 2022, or I need to do everything by the end of day. You know, it's like, it's okay. Like people will understand if they don't understand. And the opportunity goes, it's okay, because you need to know your priorities and your worth and like, just calm down, take a step back. So yeah. I think some of some of that positivity um, really helped me. That's such a good lesson too, because I think that's one that so many people struggle to even grasp because they spend and myself included like I've done a lot of this um the trying to depend on people for external validation and just like and that's normal like we all want to feel validated in some kind of way but being able to at least separate that and know what is productive and what's helpful and what's not one thing that really stood out to me too as you were sharing some of that great um insights that you've had is how you've applied it to personal relationships one thing that's really striking to me about your story too is that you have done so much like you hold so many roles you seem so busy I would love to hear more about like connections personally and professionally like how do you maintain them are there different pieces of advice that you would give for your personal relationships versus professional ones what would you tell our listeners about managing those kind of relationships two different types of relationships what are differences and similarities Yeah, that's a good question. I guess before I answer that question, going to the prior question, I will say a huge thing that I also really practice is gratitude, because I think it's so easy when you get a certain amount of comments, for instance, you know, this is at the very fundamental level, or you reach something to be like, no, but I can do better. I can keep going, right? And Mm -hmm. I say, I think the balance between contentment and ambition is very Mm -hmm. important. I think it's important Mm -hmm. to be content and be happy where you are and be grateful and just like recognize what you have, no matter what that is at that moment in your life. But also, I think it's still possible to be like ambitious at the same time and to like keep um, wanting more and growing. So that's what I wanted to kind of add to as it relates to the question about relationships. I think going into any conversation, any room, I again, think I'm very clear about personal versus professional. I think there's obviously certain professional relationships that have become personal and vice versa because of topics of discussion and overlap. But I think with my personal relationships, I allocate time every single day, every single week to really understand like, okay, what is that person's, for lack of better words, love language, right? Like, Mm -hmm. is that person appreciate if I send them a postcard every month? Does that person enjoy if I send them a meme every day? Do they prefer a 15 minute phone call on my walk to work? Like, like understand what do they appreciate? And they know what I appreciate. And we've had those conversations and opening that channel and making sure that 
I'm continuing to foster that is important. I think also the people who are closest to me, and I think in my personal relationships, the one common thing is they are incredibly supportive. I think they're some of the biggest cheerleaders in my life. And I think the ironic thing, I always tell people this everywhere I go, is some of my closest friends and family don't even have social media. They, they aren't even able to see my Instagram, for instance, unless I show it to them. And I think that's the most interesting thing is they don't even know what I do, but they support me more than anyone else does on the platform. You know what I mean? Because they, they, they see the behind the scenes of it and they know like, yeah. okay, this person is like insanely passionate about what she's doing. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, it's very important to check in and it's very important to have those people who will not just show up like when you're on the cover of a magazine, but also when you're like extremely sick in bed or you just go MIA or like the people who check in, the people who show up. So I think to answer your question, I do ma- make that time to stay in touch with those folks and I do prioritize my personal relationships. So when it comes to per- professional relationships, again, I think really recognizing like everyone has 24 hours in a day. And again, it's really, really important to understand, okay, at this stage in my life with X, Y, and Z that I want to accomplish, what types of professional relationships am I looking for? Because at the end of the day, there's always going to be people looking to network, people looking to start businesses, people looking to invest, right? Like everyone's looking to grow their business. Like everyone has their own agenda, similar to how I do, right? So I think for professional relationships, I have, I actually have it like, I used to have it written down on my like iPhone note sheet, but I have a place where I literally have a set of questions. Like I don't really, I ask those questions word for word, but I have like kind of mental notes that I've taken or the, I do my homework before going into those conversations, especially if I'm met someone at an event and I'm looking to continue that as a coffee chat or get to know that person better professionally. I definitely, I'm very clear on like what I'm looking to get out of it. Um, But I think it's important to, um, you know, have that balance between professional and personal. And I also think it's important for that to communicate to that other person or group of people where they kind of stand, because I think sometimes lack of communication can cause confusion, can cause false expectations, disappointment, and it kind of goes on from there. Mm. Yeah, I think that's like all really helpful. And like for people that are listening and are maybe struggling to figure out like maybe how to network or like, you know, how what were what would you give advice to about in terms of like communication? Like where should they start? Like what are things that are, you think are helpful as maybe like a start to putting themselves out there? Yeah, it's a good question. Are you referring to a specific aspect like when it comes to interacting with brands or businesses or just like anywhere? <laughs> I guess overall general, like nothing specific. Yeah, I would say when it comes to communicating, I would really recommend writing things down. I know that sounds very, very basic. But I think for me, sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I have 10 million questions to ask this person. And we only have 15 minutes to get coffee and then this and that and that and that. And then I like my head is exploding and I get like overwhelmed and anxious. And I'm not sure if other people can relate to that because I think half the time, there's a lot of things that go on in our head. And then when we think about the reality of the situation or what we're able to vocalize, we're like, okay, this is a little bit different. So 100% recommend writing things down and making sure that you kind of like read through it. If it's in a professional capacity that you're communicating, I think once you write it down, you can reach out with a very specific intention of, hey, I would like 15 minutes of your time for X, Y, Z. And I think it's also okay with that being said, on the flip side, I think it's okay to not know what you want. Like, I don't think we always all have like a list of 10 questions to like every person we're like communicating with, right? I think it's okay to be like, hey, you just seem like a cool person. I came across your page and I'd love to have a conversation similar to how I came across your podcast, right? It was like, okay, I do have these topic ideas, 
but you just seem like amazing people, like your own mm -hmm. stories and your own platforms. Mm -hmm. And if you're able to come together and create, for lack of better words, a baby like this, right? <laughs> and, and create something like this, like I'm sure it's absolutely fantastic. And I'm sure you're creating a safe space for people to have conversations like this, right? So I think like just being yourself, writing things down and also understanding that the worst thing that can happen is a no or a no response, which isn't even the worst thing. You just keep moving on. I think is, is a good way to look at it because I think once you overthink things and it gets in your head, you think of all these possible scenarios when it comes to communicating, I think that's when it can get very toxic and toxic for yeah. who, not the other person, but yourself. Yeah. We can get so in our heads about the worst case. And I love with how you said, just kind of like putting yourself out there and that's really aligning with your needs. Like if you want to talk to someone and someone is inspiring to you, then like let yourself gravitate toward them. If even in the, in the flip side, like if someone's vibe or energy is not something that really like aligns with you, that it's okay to take that step back. Um, how have you been able to identify your needs and kind of just like know which way you want to take your growth again, both like personally and professionally? Cause it seems like you really are aligned and know what you want in that sense. But how have you got to that point? <clears throat> Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I think whether it's personally or professionally, it's been a lot of trial and error. For example, going into college, I remember I thought I wanted to become a lawyer. In fact, my whole life, I thought I wanted to become a lawyer. And I was oh, pre-law wow. for most of my university career. Um, part of it was because I really romanticized certain TV shows I was seeing in media. But another part of it was just my vision of what people's personality was or the culture was of that environment was a certain way. And I was like, I want to be associated with that. But when I realized... I could get what I wanted out of that career across other like industries or other careers that I'm also equally passionate about. I was like, okay, maybe. And then also when I learned like the reality of a lot of things, I was like, okay, maybe this is not for me. But I think like how I figure out is how I figure it out is through a lot of trial and error. So like I said, I have probably gone to a lot of random events. I've met people who are interior designers who are in the agriculture industry. Like I've literally met people from very different areas that, to be honest with you, I probably don't have a lot of interest in and have no knowledge in. And maybe 5% of that conversation is something I remember to, to today, to be very honest with you. But the fact that I put myself out there and I got a different perspective and even having that moment of this isn't for me or I don't like this or this makes me uncomfortable. I think that those kind of moments of, of you know, test and learn really helped me realize where I want to go. I will say another thing too is I think no matter how old or young you are, there's still so much opportunity to like change things and to change direction and change pace. I think sometimes there is this idea and there is this specific terminology of like settling down, right? I think in certain cultures, like South Asian culture, we're like, okay, you reach a certain age or a certain point in your career and like, that's it. You're locked in, like have a great life. You're doing this every day. And I think that mentality is something that I have really tried not to take on in my life, which has been hard given certain environments and people that I'm surrounded with. Um, so I still take on one new like adventure I'm going to do every day, like uh, not every day, every week that I'm going to go explore or one new skill that I'm going to learn a month. I have certain just fun things like that. Some of these things are written down as actual goals. Some of these things are just like randomly I'll see on TikTok. I'm like, you know, I'm going to go do this. Right. So I think making that time to go try things, I think has helped me figure out what I want and don't want, even when it comes to these like more serious or like career related decisions. Mm. how do you avoid yourself like feeling the burnout of like all the things that you're doing like do you yeah. ever feel like so overwhelmed I mean I'm sure it's all, like all hard to manage and like over the years you've found a way to do so but yeah well how would 
do you, or if you do experience burnout, like what are ways that you like cope through it? Yeah, it's a great question. It's also the, one of the questions that I get the most common, which is very, very validated and like, you know, expected. I definitely think, and I, I think I've been better about this in the last year. I think I'm good at setting boundaries and saying no to things. And it's hard. And there's definitely moments where I'm like, mm, you know, I could have said yes to that. Like I saw that, I saw that thing and it went really well. And wow, I really wish I'd not say no. I love that you're being honest about that. And even when you just like take the time for yourself, because that's like the quote unquote, like reality parts, I think of businesses and being a content creator and all of just like managing that people don't see, like they see what looks glamorous and all, but we, they don't see the background. So I think that's really great that you're able to see that for yourself a little bit more and be compa- be like gentle and compassionate with yourself when you need it. Because I think a lot of the time we can be really hard on ourselves, like, oh, I should be able to manage this or, th- you know, whatever we we say and do. But at the same time, it's really nice that you're able to just be like, really hold that compassion. No, I, I think because I've seen different people go through different experiences. And mm-hmm. I think over time, I've, I've definitely been a lot more compassionate and understanding. And I think for me, right, it's like, unless my trust is broken, or I have a reason to doubt someone or something, I think I go in with a very just like, empathetic, passionate, like I I try to be sensitive of my surroundings and the people I'm interacting with, because you don't know where people are coming from, what's going on through their head, the experiences they've been through. So I think it's always important to lead with kindness. That's so true. Yeah. And like, I really do appreciate too, that you have said that like, you have to set like certain types of boundaries, um, personal, professional, all that. And like, it's hard, you know, like, you're not saying it's easy either that like, you have to miss certain things because unfortunately we can't be everywhere that we want to be and I think (laughs) I know and like sometimes it's really hard to like also be on social media and then see how certain things that are going and you're like oh I should have been there and so Mm -hmm. I think yeah thank you also for just being so transparent about that absolutely no I think it's at the end of the day I hope that you know listeners of this episode really resonate with the fact that um forming, sustaining meaningful connections, communicating, like there's no magic formula to it. And again, as I mentioned, regardless of what industry you're in, what age you are, what experiences in life you've had, I think there is a certain level of like empathy, or there's like a certain level of like, commonality between Mm. um, the fact that it is a struggle, it just it does take work. um, And it isn't something that's very easy. And I also think like, everyone comes in with different expectations and perceives different communications differently. And so it it can be a lot, but (laughs) I think, like I said, I try to be grateful. Um, I try to be open to, I try to be self-aware and I also try to be as open to, you know, admitting my mistakes or recognizing my weaknesses. Right. Cause I think at Mm -hmm. the end of the day, like I try to be the best friend I can or the best business partner I can, but I know that there's things I suck at. And I know that there's things that might be annoying to people. And so I I try my best, but you can't, you can't always please everyone. (laughs) Yeah. That's so true. That's like such a good important point that also we need to be aware of is that we can't please everyone, but at the same time to be like self-aware and hold other people's needs while also holding ours. So, well, I appreciate all of this insight that you gave us. And this episode is filled with so much advice. There are many times that you were sharing insights with me and I was just like slowing down and was like, okay, that's like really helpful. So I appreciate because, you know, again, behind the scenes of everything that we built, there's like a reason and like strategy and what it took and like the 
kind of like the blood, sweat and tears of what brings something together. So I appreciate you being so vulnerable and sharing that with us. Absolutely. As I mentioned, I think at the end of the day, I, I am huge when it comes to giving it back to my community because I'm definitely that person, that annoying person as I was in the classroom, like asking 10, 10 million questions, shadowing people, understanding their stories, what worked and didn't work for them. And I, I think that's a huge, they, they're the people who paved the way, right? And so I hope to do that for other people, which I think um, is so well uh, phrased by both of you in the beginning. So um, I think, and that's not specific to certain personality types or um, areas of you know mm-hmm. career, um, and I think at the end of the day, the struggle of networking can be very real. And so I think it takes time to form genuine connections. And I also think it takes experience. And mm-hmm. I hope that as a better listener, as a better coach and a mentor, as a better daughter, I think like even personally, um, I can I can continue to improve on these personal growth areas. But I think some of these realizations have happened very recently, as in like last week. And some of these realizations happened through courses of years as I was going through some of these experiences. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of that and like your journey, how you got here. Like even um, for me, like I know that I haven't even heard like about like coaching and stuff like in general, like until like a couple of years ago. And I was like, wow, that is like, I, I just don't think a lot of people like advertise it as much or like especially in college we weren't like told as much about like coaching and like Mm -hmm. how beneficial it could be so I do appreciate you taking the time out and telling us about that and how you kind of got there as well where can our listeners find you on social media absolutely great question (laughs) listeners can find me on LinkedIn um under Shweta Shreeder um can find me on Instagram um my Instagram handle is sweeter than sugar like sweet Mm -hmm. a van sugar i funny story with that instagram handle name i created it i think in maybe eighth grade ninth grade whenever it was um initially instagram was initially like a thing and i thought i was going to be a food baking blogger and turned out into so much more but as my handle became associated with my brand and i grew with that i was like i'm not going to change it like this is who i am this is how i started i love that funny 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 story a little little side story over there um (laughs) and so my instagram my tiktok is sweeter than sugar Uh, my email is contact at shwedashwedash.com and super exciting news but in 2023 i'm going to be launching my website which i had launched in 2014 and shut down in 2017 so since 2017 to now, I've not had a website. So I'm bringing it back and it's going to have my blog, my guides, my coaching services. Like it's going to be an all-inclusive website um, where you can find a lot more information about what I offer and what I do. That's awesome. I look forward to seeing that. Thank you. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm like excited. preparing for the launch. It's like the final touches of everything. But yeah, I'm, I'm very excited. all busy. And all yeah, the end yeah. of year it's, stuff too. So it's, it's crazy time, but so many, it sounds like there's so many exciting things for 2023 and we are definitely cheering you on. And I'm sure now that our listeners are too. So thank you again for sharing in this conversation it was so amazing. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to connect with anyone else who has specific questions. Um, hopefully be on again in the future and um, listen to not just this episode, but all the other amazing hosts and stories that you've been able to share on your platform. So thank you. Thanks. Thank you. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning into another episode of Conversations Brewing. We hope you take some moments to reflect on our episode with some coffee in hand. New episodes of Conversations Brewing come out on Tuesdays. We'd love to hear from you about what resonated with you and what you want to hear more about. So let us know on Instagram at our account at Conversations Brewing. 
If this episode was helpful, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast and continue to tune in weekly. We so appreciate your support and we'll brew some conversations with you next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.